This podcast is supported by our friends at testallwater.co.uk, supplying the full range of test kits and reagents for the pool industry from leading manufacturers including Lovey Bond, Palin Test, Hanna, Lamotte, DTK and many more. And as a Poolcast subscriber, you can get even lower prices simply by registering at testallwater.co.uk forward slash Poolcast. Exclusive offer only to Poolcast subscribers. We're in. Is it recording? We're in, big guy, we're in. So, Robin, how you doing, mate? Aye, doing all right, doing all right. Busy, busy. Getting busier. Roads are getting busier, yeah. Here we are again at another podcast. Here we are again, yeah, it's recording now, I'm sure. Here we are again, another podcast, another uh, podcast podcast. I've just got to remind everyone that uh, we're sponsored by Test All Water. Uh, where you can get all your different photometers, comparators, reagents, and various other things, pool chemicals. And if you use the um, the link, which I think is testallwater.co.uk forward slash poolcast, um, you'll be able to get your exclusive discounts. So, Robin, work is picking up, isn't it? It's getting good. Uh, do you know what? I even had a flight last week, didn't I? Oh, I got to fly, there you go. fly to Belfast and, and back. Well... I got eventually got a flight to Belfast. My original one was cancelled un- unknowingly to me, but uh, aye, the numpties at Aer Lingus are they, they, they scheduled, they cancelled my flight and res- rescheduled it to arrive after my return flight back. And how how, how inconvenient is that? Uh, so, but I got there. I got across there. It was great to get some work in. Um, for the, the NHS in, uh, over in Belfast, that we hired therapy pools. So, yeah, delighted. Yeah, things are picking up. Got got a fair bit in the diary. A lot of online stuff, and you and I will touch on that later on, Ian. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I've got online training coming up. I've even got, I think I mentioned that in the last podcast, I've got uh, some compliance work in the form of a hair entrapment test that I'm going to carry out. I'm going to try and video that. Um, albeit that I will have budgie smugglers on, so not so sure if it's wise to to uh, present it on the YouTube channel. But we will see at the time. We'll see how that goes, and then yeah, that could be quite interesting. Yeah, what about yourself, Ian? Well, do you know what? Last week I had some face-to-face uh, training at the university uh, up in the sort of Yorkshire, which was really nice just to see the whites of their eyes again. So that was quite nice. It was a really old system as well, Robin. It was an old 1960s system of horizontal filters and uh, proper engineering, you know, undercroft. You were well below the pool surface. Uh, you know, it was really nice. Uh, Friday, well, Friday I was back on um, uh, testing coronavirus and pool water again in, uh, with um, Water Babies, with Alex Blackwell from Water Babies. Um, so that's, we're getting ever so close to the end of that project, hopefully. And... Um, well, yeah, and, you know, Robin's mentioned he's doing a bit of online training. Well, for the, for any of the listeners here, I'm the one that's having to educate him on how to do half this stuff. <laughs> indeed, so, indeed. I've been training the trainer a little bit on, <laughs> on some small occasions, and how do you do this? How do you do that? But yesterday, we were we were the ones having been trained, well, being trained, so to speak, at the PewTag seminar. Yeah, yeah, it was nice to be on the other side of the coin, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, it was. It, it yeah, but learning and development, so to speak. Um, albeit that uh, that you know we can we can judge ourselves whether we got lots of learning and development out of it. There was last you always get nuggets from these things, Ian, don't you? There's yes, always you nuggets, do. and there was a couple of nuggets that we got yesterday. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll always subscribe to the PewTag uh, events, whether they're online or in face to face. It's something I always look forward to. Well, um, you well always supported. have a bit of excitement, don't you? You know, a yeah, bit of well, excitement about it. Well supported. I think it was 100, 160 online um, attendees, so to speak. That's yeah. nearly as popular as, as our YouTube channel, you know? Well, <laughs> we're sort of usually hitting the, the dizzy heights of around about 200 now. So, yeah, you know, yeah. with our podcast and stuff. So, you know, obviously our name's getting out there and we're getting even more popular. Like yeah. um, the rock stars of swimming pools. I don't know about that, you know, but uh, yeah. Well, I haven't got the hair. That's why yeah. I can't do it. The, maybe the maybe the 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 Muppets rock stars, you know. <laughs> but uh, aye, so but yeah, no, it was great. It was great to 
to not have the pressure of the delivering and uh, being on the other side of and uh, receiving some information. Yeah, there was a couple of good speakers. I don't know if they're going to yeah. repeat it, if you can access it uh, retrospectively. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed the, the, the Austrian speaker. I spoke to you about that, Ian. She yeah. was fantastic. Yeah, uh, you know, for any, she. I mean, for me, there was three speakers in particular which really um, stood out for me. There was the lady from Austria you meant. I think his uh, was it Regina Summer. Yeah, yeah, Regina Sa yeah, Summer. Yeah, and yeah. there was the 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 um, the Dutch speaker, yeah. which was Martens. I can't remember his surname now. Doing the guys that did just justice there. I can't remember. I uh, he was no. excellent. And then the third one I really liked was the um, the lady from Germany. Was it Christina Holler? I think she was Yeah, called. yeah. Uh, look, do you know what I liked was the simplicity. Uh, they were always very, very succinct, very straight to the point. And, uh, you know, the Austrian, uh, well, it's regulations. I was going to say yeah. standards. But it's regulations. Oh. I like that, and it was all black and white stuff. I mean, it was the. I don't know if you noticed, Ian, but the, it's a legal requirement for them to do staining, as they yeah. call it, in the well, pool. You know, it's, Robin, that, it's a dye. It's a dye test. It's a dye test. It was funny because I, I was because at the time, the moment they mentioned staining, right, I was off on a tangent at the time because I was trying to do work and watch the conference at the same time. I mean, they said staining. Initially, I was thought manganese staining. Aye, aye. And I was thinking, to do is mandatory to do rust staining, surely. You can just... <laughs> and for the first few minutes, I had a bit of doubt in my head, and I was like, stain. And then when they started talking about more in the slides, I went, ah, oh, they mean a dye test. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Which, do you know, for me, the thing was, and this it, embarrassing, not for me, but I think embarrassing for the UK, is yeah. the three better speakers were in countries that legislate for pool water. Absolutely. And. I Absolutely. Uh, well, saying that, we do a disservice to, to, to Tom Devin because yeah. to, Tom's content was very good. Oh, and it was um, excellent. Yeah, and uh, I think probably because you and I have, have seen it before that it wasn't at the top of the echelons in terms of what what gave us the wow factor on the day because we've seen it. But uh, the content is very good. Uh, and I thought some of his slides on the dye testing and the hydraulics and the filtration were excellent. But again, you're spot on you. Listen, we play at this, don't we? We dilly-dally, play it, at it. They've got it black and white. You either do it or you don't. Yeah, and if you don't do it, you're breaking the law. It's simple. It'd be so much easier for for the industry if it was regulated. But listen, there's no chance of that happening. Uh, politically, I can't... No. No, this, the, the governments that have been in charge over the last 20 years have spent most of their time deregulating industries, not regulating them. So that's funny, not really going to change. When, um, when we're talking about the uh, the um, Austrian speaker, and um, she's she was going through, and legally we've got a test for this, and we're going, yeah. no, <laughs> we don't yeah. do that. No, we've got a test for this. no, we don't do that. And this one, no, not that one either. <laughs> uh, what about this? No, not that one. And do you know, pardon me, Robin, and this is the embarrassing thing. We've had a struggle in the UK since PewTag um, issued the new guidance on pH and free chlorine levels to get pools to comply with that. To just even and yeah. the backlash and argument that they've been having over, oh, my balanced water, my balanced water. You know, no, forget your balanced water. No, we've spoken about this loads of times. But, um, and, they're, and they're panicking about different levels. And, you know, and the Austrians were coming back yesterday and saying, our... Uh, pH range allowed in a chlorinated swim pool 6.6 .6 to 7.4. Yeah. And I was five, like, six, six five, well, minimum 6.5, but yeah, yeah. I mean, it, that, that, that's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. And it, mm. listen, it, they were talking, about, it was like, see, when they were describing it, it was all so matter of fact. Yeah, we test for chlorates, that's a legal requirement, turbidity, legal requirement, sulfates, legal requirement. Yeah, and, and the thing is, their levels are so minimal that you're thinking, you don't even need to test for them. We, we're the ones that need to test for it because we know that our levels are going to be higher than they need to, than they should be, you know? Well, while we're talking about chlorates yesterday, I did a quick bit of Googling just to um, see about chlorates testing because obviously you can't test them on site, you've got to send it off and all the rest yeah, of it. Yeah. I found a supplier that was doing it for 75 quid plus fat. Brilliant. 
and that's of course good. it's testing. But to be fair, I mean they were doing it for the um, food manufacturing industry, but the principle of how they were doing it for the water and the food manufacturing industry, I thought probably applied to us as well. And it's so funny because someone contacted me after the conference and said about chloric test and said, oh, we do chlorides. Is that what they meant? I was, no, no, no. Chlorate. I said, it's completely different. And what was interesting was, I think it was um, one of the presentations by Steve Carter was talking about degradation of sodium hypochlorite and and chloric values coming up. And they were saying about the World Health Organization, you know, testing for up to three milligrams per litre is sort of the allowed in swimming pool water. And saying, well, after the first lockdown, we had pools, swimming pools at chloric levels as high as 20 to 30 milligrams per litre um, because our hypo was so old and we just started using it. It's amazing. It's, it's seen as carcinogenic as well, Ian. That's the thing. Yeah. It, it falls into that bracket. How poisonous it is is another question. Um, I'm not sure because I did a bit, wee bit of digging as well. Ian, I don't know if you remember, uh, Stephen Gallagher did a presentation at one of the seminars that, that I organised with Mike Schuff and uh, Stephen uh, was discussing chlorate levels and uh, and, I, and I'll hands up I, I'd rarely really looked into it, I knew about it because I knew some of my clients were asking or have or get organised, they get chlorates tested through Scottish water um, but you have to go to one of the big, big utilities to be able to get it done um, and so I looked into it, yeah, and, and uh, there's papers on it. There's plenty of papers. They're very kind of scientific, technical papers that are written by students who are doing PhDs and stuff like that. But, yeah, it's, it's one of the things in Europe that is one of the hot topics. And in Germany, Austria, Switzerland, Denmark, there's legal requirements for these chlorates, so they have to test it, you know, and because it falls into the carcinogenic category. So... You know, it's it's listen, as you say, we kind of get folk to, to get their pH right in earth pools at times. Or getting a coagulant dose correctly, you know, it's hard <laughs> enough, let alone get folk testing for sulfates. Turbidities are, are that should be a must, in all honesty. And I keep saying to folk, you don't need to spend five hundred quid on a turbidity meter, right? Just get your monthly bacteriological sampling to do turbidity. Now, if you're t- if the first three tests that you get back, I mean, it's a bit, you'll, be, you'll get it done for a fiver, right? I, maybe I'm doing a disservice there. It might be a tenner, right? Say it's a tenner, <laughs> right? To get a turbidity test done. Three months, if your level's below, well below the 0.5, right? Then go to every six months for your turbidity. Do you know what I mean? But find out first. How are we doing? It's an indication of uh, poor performance with filtration, poor coagulation. It's, it tells you a, a, a whole host of things. So it was pleasing yesterday to listen to wh- what I would suggest is, you know, well, experts from other countries. Um, I yeah. think we, we, we are so lucky we have PewTag because in Germany and also in that, they don't have a PewTag because they have regulations. So they yeah. don't need somebody to be coercing them and taking their hand and showing them things. So we are lucky in that sense that we have PewTag and it's brilliant. But it would be great to have both, wouldn't it? PewTag and yeah. and regulations. That would be the utopia, wouldn't it? And so, you know, so I mean, that was um, one of the well, well, one of the hot topics yesterday, but the one that I really loved was the, uh, the Dutch guy. Yeah. And uh, for anyone who didn't, who missed it, uh, this uh, Dutch gentleman, who who name it was Martins, and his surname I forget. He had went to crowdfunding first of all. I mean, he told us this at the end of his presentation, but I thought this was quite good. Went to crowdfunding, and what he was doing is measuring aerosols in swimming pool environments. Yeah. Uh, so not not directly measuring coronavirus, but measuring aerosols that potentially would hold things such as that, as well as Legionella and other bacteriums as well, and obviously, well, viruses like coronavirus, and. Um, he had adjusted the refresh rate and the fan speeds um, and shown the levels of uh, moisture which were in the air, which anyone hadn't, hadn't seen. And he hadn't just done it once. This guy, what was it he'd done it over? Water polo, lane yeah. swimming, uh, lessons, the whole nine yards. It's sort of, you know, as in who's breathing out the most and who's expiring air the most. And um, you had some really detailed photos of all the equipment used on poolside during the sessions, and it was a great presentation. And I thought it was interesting, the fact that 
it managed to show that the fan speed doesn't necessarily need to be 100% fresh air. He did yeah. say that, yeah. He did say yeah. it, was, and it was really, really important uh, for certain swimming pools to use recycled air for, for to, to actually uh, entice the, the customer and the bather to come back because otherwise yeah. there was there was no hope of them getting a comfortable experience. It, uh, the gentleman's name is Martin Cutin. That's it. K e u t e n, I think. Cutin. Um, I've just looked back on some notes that I, uh, I took uh, yesterday. Uh, it's just for the listeners. Uh, Martin M double A R T E N Cutin K E U T E N. Unless I've spelt it wrong, but uh, if you do a wee, wee bit of research, stick it in. You'll probably find some stuff. And interesting information about the, the gentleman. And he was also one of these kind of laid back Dutch guys as well, wasn't he? Yeah. With the longer hair and you know, he looked, <laughs> what are you trying to say, Robin? I uh, obviously had a wee bit of chocolate cake at lunchtime and that as well. He was just dead relaxed and that uh, was super. You know, I quite enjoy listening to him. You know, I was thinking, yeah, yeah. Good, do you know what, mate? I know it's an outside chance, but maybe we should try and tap him up to come on this. Oh, that would be super, definitely, definitely. You know, I bet he's into the fat one as, as well, you know. <laughs> you know, so I will Robin, Robin, we're not making this the uh, the live broadcast from Amsterdam or anything like that. <laughs> you, listen, see come uh, September, October, when there's wee travel corridors opening up by other countries, we are gonna do a live broadcast from Germany when uh, just to go over the DIN standards and we'll find uh, we'll find a nice uh, fifty meter pool in Dusseldorf. And obviously, we'll need to stay for a couple of nights just to, you know, <laughs> do a wee bit of research in that, you know? <laughs> yes, yeah, definitely. I'll be, up, I'll be up for that. You know, uh, look, the only travel corridor will probably be down to bloody uh, Dumfries to watch Queen of the South or something. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, mate, the, the guy, for Jason Leach, the clinical director in Scotland, comes on to a, a podcast on a Saturday. It's a football podcast. And he... He seems to be quite relaxed, you know, and the two guys, Stuart Cosgrove and Tam Cowan, I don't know if you know them, they do Off the Ball, it's on Radio Scotland, as a podcast, um, and it's a radio show, and the guy, Jason Leach, is obviously a lot more relaxed, and he's willing to let a bit more go, as opposed to in these, you know, what, coronavirus meetings and stuff like that, and stuff on the telly, and he did say he actually committed, he maybe he was on the drink or something, I don't know, but he actually said, because they were badgering him, any chance we could go and see a football team abroad if we get into Europe, blah, blah, blah. Because uh, that was at the time we were told there's going to be no international travel at all. You know, and he said, right, guys, listen, the job, the, this is the crack. If you get below 50 per 100,000 of an infection rate, you're going to get to see your football team. See if you get below 20. And there's other countries where an infection rate below tw of tw less than 20 per 100,000. Aye, we'll get a corridor. We'll manage to get a corridor where you can go. I was straight onto that sky scanner, booking, booking flights. There we go. It's definitely got to be on for September, October, or October, November. A wee trip over to, to, to somewhere, <laughs> anywhere, you know. So, and we'll we'll put it down. We'll put it down as a a benchmarking trip. Ian, it's got to be a. We'll, we'll go and do a wee podcasting. Go and have a wee uh, live live uh, feed from a swimming pool in Germany or, or Holland. That, or something. That, that would be fantastic, mate. That definitely would be fantastic. But Robin, you know, in these times, it's given people a lot of chance to contact likes of us. And, and I'll have an interesting one. Yesterday, I had a, a, a nice uh, 25 meter pool. I can't remember how many lanes it was, but basically, uh, didn't have a flow rate meter, so we're, we're clutching at straws as far as the flow rate. But we kind of gave it a good good. Uh, Good stab in the dark off the off the pump and using the, um, the pump curve with uh, a loss of ten uh, on the on the head, and um, then uh, it's funny. I said to them, "What size are your filters? Or oh, the biggie?" And I think they're about two meters wide. No, that's not good enough, mate. I said, "I need to know the width of the filter." I said, "If you can photograph the plate on the filter, if not, you're gonna have to get a bit of string and put it round the middle bit, yeah, and, and get the circumference, and I'll be able to work out the diameter." So. Um, he took a photo of the filters and I said, oh, they look like Celtic in 1400s. And um, he goes, nah, nah, they're at least two metres. So then he got, I got a photo of the plate and it was like, it's a Celtic in 1200. <laughs> it's a 1200, aye. Um, aye. And uh, anyway, so what it was, it was quite interesting. We worked out all the flow rates of it and stuff. And they've always been on the impression that it was a, a medium rate filtration. And it wasn't, it was high rate. 
Yeah, yeah. Because uh, I watched them pushing through it. So, but this has given people time to do all these things. And I know uh, a few pools that have taken time to do the dye testing, a few pools that have taken time to do other sort of bits and bobs and maintenance work. But um, it's taken some time for them to be able to get some of the information that they want done. But what I was really angling at is me and Robin's taken our time to do some stuff. And let yeah. me tell you, listeners, this has not been easy getting Robin to come up to the 21st century. <laughs> Where he can sort of deliver online, and uh, and do certain things. Delivery online's all right. He's all right with Zoom and stuff now, but try to get him some other things. So, um, I started a project about last year, and I asked Robin to get involved with me. And it was after I saw something in the market, thinking about pools that had kind of, I'd say, had an explosion. Robin, would you say? Aye, aye, definitely, definitely. Oh, the everyone buying hot tubs and spas didn't didn't help. You know that probably. Yeah, uh, so, it was in the back of the mind. And it was only, well, I, I think I sent you a couple of weeks ago, only last week or the weekend before, that uh, one of the big stores in the UK sold out of inflatable hot tubs just like uh, that on a weekend. Lazy spas. So uh, we, we saw a, a, an opportunity, so to speak, where lots of people are now getting these lazy spars, as Robin's saying, or these best way pools, or these inf inflatable type structural pole pools with a tarp inside them, basically. Above ground, basic, above ground pools, I think, is how, what they would be described as. Yeah, yeah above ground, uh, cartridge filtration, basic uh, pump, no heating, um, hand-dosed. Aye, aye, a lot of them come with sand filters now, which is mm. pleasing to see, you know, a little tiny they're about, piece. They're about 30 centimetres tall, though. Aye, they are. They're, they're, aye. Aye, listen, they're, they're clicked-together jigsaw-style pools. That's, you can buy them out of B&Q, you know? Mm. And they're, they're, they're all their age. Every second person's got one. The last time I flew down to London, coming across the flight path, took me over Guildford, Salt, sorry, that neck of the woods. Every second house had a wee blue square in the garden. Yeah. It's, the, it's obviously the end thing, yeah. So it's a, it's a hot topic, so to speak. Definitely. It is. It is. So, and if anyone's been following any of the, and I don't think anyone will, because most people I'm, I'm guessing would be listening about commercial pools in this cast, but might be wrong, might be wrong. Um, so we went down the line of saying, well, how can we give these bits of people some education? And we started and stopped and started and stopped, didn't we, last year? Yeah. A little bit. And it didn't really finish. And then before we knew it, the summer was over and kind of forgot it and stuff. So January of this year, I said to Robin, right, we've got to finish that project. We have to finish that project <laughs> before sort of Easter. Because the idea was that, and it was guesswork, people will be putting these pools back up in Easter. That's the thought, isn't it? Well, we're pleased to say we finished it, haven't we? We did. We, I mean, it was one of those things where it was like, are you, what are you doing this week? And I was like, ah, I'm doing this, doing that. What are you doing Thursday? Oh, I'm just in the office. I've not got much planned. Right, well, we'll crack on with this domestic uh, pool training. And I was like, ah, we'll do it. We're just online. We were actually, it was like a, it was like a, an eight-hour podcast, wasn't it? You yeah. just, we're on, we're on Google uh, Google Meet and we're doing the work at the same time and we must have done about maybe 12, 15 hours now just being online together, just cracking on and get doing the work at the same time. So, yeah, yeah that's it's 12, 12, 15 hours each. So, yeah, yeah. And that's on top of all the, the, the time we put into it last year. So, yeah. And it, it, and it was quite good because it was, we're starting to use new platforms and I know a lot of people will be laughing at me and you going, oh, God. Um, but to have it sat in a cloud so we could both work it at the same time and I'm saying to Robin, you do slide 17 and you've missed the bit on the filter and I'll do the bit, the bit on that and I've missed this and you've missed that and and uh, been able to do it. And it, uh, Well, the original plan was about 40 slides. I get carried away. I get carried away when we read, read diagrams and schematics and all that. And uh, it gave me a wee opportunity to uh, do a bit of um, sentimental viewing going back through all my my powerpoints and information that again when i was working for albion chemicals and the amount of stuff that i've got just lovely wee bits and pieces just you know images and schematics and you know layouts and all that sort of stuff from my chemical days and it was there was a wee bit of, it was a bit cathartic you know just going through it all and and I was giving it, Ian, have a look, what do you like? Do you like that? Do you like that? You, what about that? Do you like that? That's you do a little tear in your eye. 
I was like, oh, look at all that. I, I, I forgot I had all that, you know? Uh, uh, and uh, I should be digging that out more often because there's a loads, loads of great stuff in there well, that I've stolen yeah. and gained from the years. Acquired, I think, so what you're looking for. Aye, 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 something like that. <laughs> so, Robin, do you know how many slides we finished on then? Yeah, did you even... I think, well, I was, I was about 75 or something the last time I seen yeah, it. 76. Yeah, jeez. Oh, yeah. I, th I still, I keep coming up with things. You know what? We could put that in, put this in. And I'm thinking, hold on a wee minute here. You, you could, you'd end up creating something that would be about four or five hours long. And that's not what people want, you know. No. You, it, the, the commercial pulling me, the techie side takes over. And you start putting in too much, you know. This is people that, that, that are looking to just run a, a, a pool in their back garden safely, yeah. you know, safely, and get it clean and get it operating properly and know what each component does. Simple stuff, really simple stuff. But you've got, but these people have got to be hands on, get get stuck in. So it's really important that they, they know what they're doing because it's their family that's, uh, the, you know, the safety of their family that's at stake. So, yeah, it's, it was brilliant. It's very impressed. And we've, we've even had, a very good colleague of ours, the Jedi, tell us that it's very good. So, hey, yeah. that's it. We can retire we've had, now. We've, we've had a couple of the colleagues um, who've looked at the product and tried to pick holes in it and add what they want to be. And, and in, well, interesting, one of them has got one of these little domestic pools in the back garden as well. So, um, sort of add little comments and things we want to see in it and stuff. So that's very good. And the final point is the listeners will be pleased to know that if anyone decides to do it, I'm doing the narration, so you won't need the subtitles for Robin's accent. <laughs> That's not can, that can be remedied, you know. <laughs> do you want the do you want the version with subtitles or without subtitles? Or do, that, you want the, do you want the Gaelic version? <laughs> no, there'll be my version that comes out that has lots of beeps, you know, beep, beep, you know. <laughs> when it gets to the, the swear words and that. But no, listen, it'll be it'll be fantastic and you know, these sort of things are worth a fortune. You know, the folk charge like hundreds of pounds for this sort of, you know, uh, quality. Uh, but uh, we, we're going to be pitching at a very uh, affordable level. So we're giving something back to the industry as well. You know, giving people the opportunity to sign up, go through it and uh, work their way through a wee bit of personal development, helping them run their swimming pool. And it's going to be, you know, for the price of less than a, Chinese takeaway. Yeah, I don't know how much Chinese takeaway you're spending. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about for the family. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, no, it's exciting. It's a big, hey, it's a big learning curve. We This time last year, you and I would have been, we, do you know what? We wouldn't have had the time for a start because no. our diaries were rammed. We wouldn't have had the necessary skills. We probably wouldn't have had the inclination so, listen, some good's come out of the, the what's happened over the last 12 months. And, and you know, and, and it's set to continue. We've got a few irons in the fire here. We've got a few things that we want to develop. Yeah. So, long may it continue. And, you know, the interesting thing as well, Robin, is that the pandemic has had actually given us a bit of an opportunity, as you say, for free time, but not only free time, because, um, you know, we're using um, Google Classroom as our platform for this. And... Um, you know, if you'd went back before the pandemic and said to, to parents who were probably going to be, you know, the adults of the home that might be doing this course sort of thing, um, oh, it's all in Google Classroom. I bet a lot of them would have said, what's that? Yeah. Um, yeah. And because their children have now got so used to using Google Classroom, it's given us that platform to say, um, oh, well, hang on a minute, because they'll just click on it and just go, oh, right, Google Classroom, yeah, blah, 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 click, click, click. Oh, and then the funny thing is, they might end up getting their kids to say, how does this work? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I I mean, I don't know about you, but I'd never seen any uh, platform for learning on on uh, Pool Plant. On, you've been done in Google uh, Classroom. I know it's been a bit of a learning curve for you as well. Yeah. And um, my sort of stuff, when I started this a year ago, I was a bit self-taught. I went to YouTube, watched loads of little YouTube tutorial videos and stuff like that. I would do it. And turn up, kind of taught Robin little bits, um, and he's worked out bits for himself. And I was like, "Oh, I didn't know it could do that, and it could do this." And um, but yeah, it's um, it's really taken off and went forward. And it's um, what you get for your money in the product, I think, is 
more than value for money. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's great stuff. Listen, it, and, it, and we're going to try and be slick. We're going to try and make it easy. I mean, it, uh, there's a lot, of, a lot of people have uh, viewed the, the seminar presentations that we, we put on for the CPD. So that's pleasing. You know, um, had, you, had you asked us a year ago, would we have online seminars? I would have been like, not a chance, let alone put the pre break the presentations down, put them on a YouTube channel, then allow people, you know, for us to create links through a website to get it and so on and so on. That's, uh, that's phenomenal. You know, it's, uh, that's a bit mind bending for me at times because I'm a dinosaur, but starting to adapt and, and get there, isn't it? It's that's that's what it's all about. The last six months has been a, innovative and adapting and trying to help people through this these challenging times. And when we come out of it, we'll 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 have all these skills and expertise and knowledge that we can hopefully provide to the listeners and and people within the industry that you know, and we can use these platforms and forums to deliver that expertise. I think as um. I think it's probably today or tomorrow we're going to do the, the, the social media launch in it. So it might be really interesting to see. So watch this space and some of the social media things like the Facebook channel and all the rest. And uh, we're going to have another laugh because we're going to try and make a tra little trailer for it as well for, for YouTube, which could be. I'm going to have to figure out how to let people access it through through the website. But that will, we'll, we'll manage to sort that. I'll sort that out between Friday and Monday or something. Monday I should be able to. Try and dabble with it over the weekend or something. It's uh, a bit of trial and error and stuff. I just get the kids to to be my guinea pigs and sign up for things. So, yeah. So, yeah, it's good stuff. And I'm expecting that in the next few weeks, mainly for me, for my work, because um, I've only got now 25 days until outdoor pools start coming online. So, um, oh, that's right, yeah. I've got one already booked in for the, the Saturday, the 27th, for a bit of training before it goes live on the Monday. And they're advertising that they're going to be open for the 29th. So um, I'm just waiting with bated breath for some of these trying to switch their pulls back on to see what actually happens. Because <laughs> um, some of them have not been working well. This particular one I'm going to is fine. It's, it's, they've just left it running. Yeah. I think they chilled uh, it a bit and left it running. In all honesty, most of my clients uh, didn't didn't close down uh, from the Boxing Day. They've kept their swimming pools ticking over. Uh, they've saved energy by turning the temperature down, air handling units down because there's no one in, so they're not having to go with 100% air, fresh air intake. And yeah, so they've been sensible this time so that they can open up at the first available opportunity. I've just I've just thought, Rob, you know, I, I, we could have asked from yesterday and we didn't see anyone who's done it. Um, and I haven't seen it yet, and I don't think you may have seen it because obviously you worked in the chemical industry more than me. But there's um, pools that will just use hypochlorous acid straight off the barrel, isn't there? There is. Uh, I don't know of any in the UK. No, it but was it, quite popular. Uh, it's the expense of it. It's the expense. It's a hell of an expensive. Albeit that if you look at it, there's the the salt generate. You know, I suppose that. that the the hyperlizers the salt uh, generation that's probably as near as we get to producing the hypochlorous acid directly in in our plant rooms to be fair um yeah so but you're you're looking at uh serious uh, drinking water uh industries and for for that kind of carry on it would be great for us but there isn't a need because Calcium hypochlorite and sodium hypochlorite is so cheap in the swimming pool market that, and it, it achieves the job, doesn't it? Well, Robin, I don't, I don't know if you know this or not, but I was doing some work. Oh God, I think it was maybe a year, two, well, a year, eighteen months ago, and uh, one of the things they were asking me about was lithium hypochlorite. Lithium hypochlorite. Lithium hypochlorite, and I was like, never heard of this, but, and anyway, I spoke to the old Jedi master, and he said he can remember it just and uh, lithium hypochlorite. So anyway, I did a bit of research on this. I don't know if you, ever, if you knew this or not, but in the advent of the rechargeable battery in the 70s and 80s when the lithium battery was invented, the price of lithium shot through the roof. So lithium hypochlorite stopped being used as a 
form of disinfection in swimming pools because the price went up because of the demand on lithium. Right. Um, and I didn't know that. And um, I've never se- I've never seen it used in a pool. Never knew it was a disinfectant for a pools, but it was a, a viable disinfectant once upon a time. But apparently it's far too expensive on the basis that we all use lithium batteries. Yeah. I've seen the non-chlorine alternatives mentioned yesterday, albeit just briefly. Um, (laughs) You know, so, and there are quite a few companies just now doing the rounds, uh, advertising the the non-chlorine alternatives. Pewtag, do as they always have done. No, don't recommend using non-chlorine alternatives as the main disinfectant in the pool. They don't mind you using uh, an additional secondary disinfectant, which is non-chlorine based, but they they do recommend having some chlorine in the pool. Now, from a domestic point of view, if it's in your own back garden, you do whatever you want. But if you're going to be allowing other people to use your you're pulling your back garden and someone was to get ill, seriously ill, and you weren't using chlorine then, you might feel guilty uh, because you haven't used what what is perceived as the the best option for killing the bugs. So I've I've got a very rich client um, last year switched to hydrogen peroxide. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which is a, a, a different type of disinfectant. For anyone who's in the domestic market, usually see it as non-chlorine shock. Or, or, or Sanacil was the kind of one that came in about 10 years ago. Sanacil was a big one. Norwegian, I think it was. Yeah, Sanacil. So they, they switched to it. And um, next thing I know, about a month later, getting really bad phone calls about um, algae plumes and algae growth, black algae in particular. Because uh, it's just not effective against it. Yeah. And it was a case of let the hydrogen peroxide levels drop, shock it with chlorine, mm-hmm. to kill it, scrub it off, you know, get some algae sides and stuff in it. Um, and then reintroduce the hydrogen peroxide, which works as dechlorinator. Yeah. To get it out. And it's a case of having to shift to this. Uh, basically every once in a while having to shock it by removing the hydrogen peroxide shock it and then bring it back in and it was just a bit of a palaver and at the time i said don't change uh, but uh, the client was convinced because he'd seen a pool while he was, while he was a, away in a hotel in russia believe it or not mm. i was using hydrogen peroxide i think the product was barrel soft all right um, okay. and um he was convinced that he loved the feel of the water and thought the water was excellent mm. and he wanted to change his own pool when he got back yeah, some see the thing is hydrogen peroxide with silver uh, is uh, a very very good sterilisation uh, product. Um, hydrogen peroxide with silver was actually used to treat wounds as well uh, because of the properties of uh, healing and killing bugs and and dealing with infection. It's used in drinking water cooling towers. It's used in uh, flushing. Uh, pipe work and so on and it's even used in flushing the spas uh, removing biofilm but using it as a regular primary disinfectant there's questions over the the efficacy and the how the CT time and whether it actually kills the bugs as well as chlorine so from you and I our perspective, we tend to have to follow the PewTag guidelines, which is go with chlorine as your primary disinfectant, isn't it? I've got, I've got two pools in particular down here, Robin, um, which one's interesting. So one's a really big facility, uh, eight 900 people um, as a bather load, uses sodium hypochlorite, mm-hmm. has um, UV and an LP system. Okay. Yeah, and then has silver as well. So they no. use that as a secondary disinfection. Yeah, well, they've got th- they've got three disinfectants and really. You know, yeah, really, aye. Three. So, so what, what's the purpose of the? Is that biofilm to keep biofilm down? No, it's just it's basically for where it is and what it is. It's um it's a large water facility in Netherlands. Ah. ah, yes, I know it. And, and they it. added they added the silver in as a belts and braces because they just can't afford 
Um, and, and do you know what? The water quality is fantastic, to be fair. Mm. But they just can't afford the fact of people getting ill and there's so many people going through it and, you know, and um, the numbers and sort of stuff. And it's just a belts and braces, to be honest. And then I've got one outdoor pool, which is the one I'm going to, which is quite close to me, actually, um, which uses um, calcium chloride, but then also uses uh, copper. Okay. And yeah. Uh, they have the you know the copper plates which they sort of pass electrical charge off to give copper uh, lines water. I, yeah, ionization but, or what? Yeah. yeah, and to be fair, it's they don't have UV. It's a really old outdoor pool from the 1950s, and they had the copper added to it. But because the, they've got a very low dosage of copper going in, it never ever have an issue with algae. Mm. So, although it's it's with another, if you know what I mean, it's not it's not exclusively one, and. I understand why they use the copper plates because the you know it's a lovely outdoor pool. It's exposed to a lot of sunlight, and they never ever use an algae side. Um, mm. And also, they've got that benefit of the the copper being in there. Yeah, listen, there's been there's the monoper sulfate. There's loads of uh, additional secondary uh, chemicals that you can use to. Uh, improve and enhance your water quality by removing, the, there's some that will help uh, break down the organics and so on, but I think I think most of them don't take off because people are now of a mindset that they don't want to add, they want to add less chemicals yes. the least amount of chemicals possible and that has become a culture which is the right thing to do to be fair when I was selling chemicals many many years ago it was the wrong thing to do obviously <laughs> Especially but no, yeah, I was I was trying to obviously give you know people the opportunity to use these chemicals, but yeah, no, and one of the things that's really um kind of improved the water quality is the addition of UV. Yes. So I think although the a lot of these secondary this uh well not they're not even disinfectants, they're 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 you know they're biocides are they, they have lots of different properties and they can enhance the water quality. But because UV has become a bit more accessible, uh, maybe slightly cheaper than it was, uh, and it's very easy to use, you're not, uh, it doesn't mess about with pH, doesn't, uh, you know, it, it doesn't affect the water balance, and you just stick it in and you pretty much just change the bulb once a year and, and service it, job done. You know, that's probably, you know, prevented the need or, or prevented a lot of these these secondary uh, additives from to my mind, Robin, you really if if we could and I know this is a, a pipe dream you want your pool water to be as close to drinking water as possible but safe you know what I mean with very little chemical in it uh, you know nice and clear all the rest it, it, that's that's what we want and it's funny I was talking to someone to yesterday about UV and I was saying about the ATG wafer system and all you need is 200 mils of pipe so 20 centimeter gap of pipe work to yeah. fit, slide the unit in it's only 20 centimeters big uh, obviously, you need the, um, the stainless It's like a wee box, isn't it? It's a wee box yeah. now. It's completely different from what it used to be, the big cylindrical style. Uh, and it's funny because it's funny you saying that because the first time I seen it was on a 50-meter pool. And I'd, I'd done a three-day course the previous week in like a 25-meter by 12-and-a-half-meter pool with a, with a big UV system. And then the following week, I was in a 50-meter pool and I was like, that UV system's a third of the size of the one I seen last week. For half the water, uh, you know, for twice, uh, the water. for twice the water, and I couldn't believe it. It's lovely wee system, eh? Lovely wee system. You're right, spot on with that. Yeah. yeah. Funny because I, I referred a, a client, obviously with lockdown stuff. So I referred someone last year who said to me, "I want some UV," and they said, "Oh, do you any good companies?" And I said, "Oh, here's three companies. Try them, play them against each other, arrest it." One of them emailed me last week and said, "Ian, thanks for the referral. We've done the job." And he sent me the finished photos, the before and after. Yeah, brilliant. Um, and it was a great little system. And But do you know what, Robin? Here's the funny part, right? So it's a great system, medium rate filtration, put in by an old pool plant company. I can't remember their name, but they've retired now in their 70s. Uh, well over-engineered. It was fantastic. But they ran out of money, the, the client. So he ran out of money. And there's two things that they stripped back on. They stripped back on not having automatic dozen. So he does it by hand. And UV, right? <laughs> and he's had a pot of money come about, but you can only get one or the other. And I said to him, Get all Mac dozen. Ah, big time. Because then you can walk away. You're not constantly going back and forth, test and test this. No, nope, I want UV. <laughs> so he's actually, and don't get me wrong, UV is a great install and all the rest of it. But he's put he's put put UV into the system, 
and not put the automatic doors in yet. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I just think it's the wrong way wrong because if anything, he's going to be doing more testing now because the UV's knocking out the chlorine and he's going to hand dose it back up. And, and, the question is, and the problem is, is he'll be hand dosing into the pole yeah. or the balance tank or the deck channels because he won't, he won't have access to be able to um, do it after the UV system. Yeah. So it's, it's an interesting one, but um, hopefully he'll be able to get some money because... I don't know about you, mate, but all at leisure, they're all looking at these bounce-back loans now, these bounce-back grants yeah. uh, announced for us, £18,000 potentially for leisure venues. That's right, yeah. Yeah. Is, oh, that well, bounce, is it bounce-back? I thought it was a grant, but it's maybe a bounce-back. No, back. it might be a grant, but um, uh, I know that there's been a lot of excitement from some of the small um, small um, swim school owners. Yeah. I did see some chat from Zoe and Shirley that we had on three, Brilliant. four weeks ago, or three, four episodes ago. Um, yeah. And... Um, I know that um, I've got some work with Billy two days. I'm going to do the uh, service in Hartpool two days before the 12th. Uh, on the Saturday, um, we're going to do the service in that. So that's uh, good news. And hopefully um, all those, um, well, all the, all them formerly of that of that particular show will be up and running as well as many others. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to get the, the girls back on uh, at some point soon. Yeah, they want to know about compliance, don't they? They're going to probably have yeah, yeah. on compliance. Yeah, so so they uh, yeah they'll be back on. We've got uh, Jenny Norval coming on. I can commit to saying that. Yeah, that's yes. yeah. She has she has confirmed she's coming on. We're hopefully with Joe Talbot from the RLSS and uh, tow. Um, so that should be a good one. And Simon Whittingham has committed. To coming on, he did say that in public yesterday. <laughs> so uh, we 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 will remind him of that. So we've he, got... he, he plugged Kate from Merthyr as well at the same time, didn't he? He since, did. Um, aye. So since, uh, Kate, I'm not going on it without you, sort of thing, wasn't it? So uh, yeah. yeah, that was an interesting so, one. But um, I'm trying to think some of the others that we've had potentially coming. Oh, we had we had some cancellations that we've got to reschedule. So and um, what's anything that just yet in case they don't uh, don't come off. Yeah, yeah. So, listen, if there's anyone out there that... Do you know what? If people want to hear a particular uh, interview um, or someone to come on... Be careful, they'll say Boris. <laughs> someone that's relevant. Um, <laughs> someone that's truthful. <laughs> uh, no, anyone from the industry would be... Would be helpful yeah and we're open to suggestions so guys i know we don't have a a twitter feed or a an instagram handle or anything like that just now which is probably something that we should look at but follow swimming pool network on the facebook page and uh yeah when when we put this podcast out or when ian does it because he's a technical dude um when he puts it out probably tomorrow just put a wee, maybe some suggestions in the, or you can direct messages if you want, but you can put some suggestions in the feed of who you may wish to come on to the, the podcast. Yeah, and you can, we might even invite you to, might tell you who's coming on and field some questions. That's a thought. Yeah, that's, that's just off the, te- off the top of our head stuff, you know. So we'll just, we'll, we'll advertise who's coming on and we'll say, right, the ten best or five best questions we will ask. And and, yeah. and Robin, um, I know you've done this. So you did uh, the the podcast with uh, Rob McLaughlin. Views yes. from the pool. Yes. So you can people can tune into that with Robin. Yeah. Um, I recorded mine a few weeks ago. Good. Good. Oh, so I don't know when it's coming on because I know he's, he he likes to pre-record them in advance. Uh, does does Rob because he's 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 great with the sound and the editing and stuff. Unlike me and ah. Robin. Ah, he's, he's, uh, well, I don't know if anyone's noticed, but the sound from uh, from myself and the podcast has, and YouTube channel has improved greatly, and that's pretty much down to me buying Robin's gear second hand. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, he's uh, he's a good guy to know. Um, he was, uh, he, he, it was good having him on the podcast, and he's now returned that by grabbing us two and putting us on the podcast i have to say uh i am the second highest i have the second highest listens 
of anyone on Robin McLaughlin's oh, podcast. Oh, so far, so far. Yes, on? I don't know. You never. He just told me I'm the second highest. So you'll need to. You, oh, you'll awesome. need. You'll need to spread word and and put. Uh, put it, you you put it out in every outlet. You know you have it on the nine o'clock news. You know Ian Ogilvy's on Robin McLaughlin's news from the pool podcast. You know what? You'll be surprised. <laughs> uh, you'll be surprised at mine. There'll be quite a few things you'll learn about me that you didn't know. Ah, good. But it takes it takes quite a change of direction, my one. Yeah, good. Good. Yeah. I know that was Robin's podcast is is a good listen, um, and uh, yeah, no, that is is it's different. It is completely different. It delves into your your past, and uh, yeah, he he just wants. What's the, how do you qualify for a podcast? You've got to be have, you've had to have been a lifeguard at some point. That's it. You have to have because he's had pilots and everything on it, you know. But they were a lifeguard at some point in their life, so they they, they qualify for his podcast. So that's enough promoting the Robins. So we'll stick to ours at the yeah. moment. Yeah. So and uh, yeah, so we've 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 garbled on for about forty five minutes so far. So uh, let's call it a day for this week, shall we? Aye. So next week we have a guest. Uh, and it'll be next Thursday. We're a bit so, sorry about being erratic with when we uh, post the podcast. It's pretty much down to when we have time and availability and and uh, scheduling. Uh, I know some people religiously put their podcasts out every Tuesday or every Thursday or whatever. So sometimes we'll do two in a week. Sometimes we'll do one in two weeks. So, but we'll try to get to some sort of routine. Yes. Um, we might even try and make this like a Friday or, I don't know, a Thursday and release it on a Friday when I, I don't know when most people would listen or watch. But, uh, yeah, like I say, uh, we're open to suggestions, so fire, fire anything in, you know? Perfect. Robin, let's say goodbye this week. Brilliant. Thanks again, Ian. Take it easy. You too. Thanks for listening, guys. And go on to test all water, guys, using the Poolcast registration form. Get yourself a wee discount. This podcast is supported by our friends at testallwater.co.uk, supplying the full range of test kits and reagents for the pool industry from leading manufacturers including Lovibond, Palin Test, Hanna, Lamotte, DTK and many more. And as a podcast subscriber, you can get even lower prices simply by registering at testallwater.co.uk forward slash podcast. Exclusive offer only to podcast subscribers.